All right. Oh, that look at that picture. Jeff Goldblum. Inspiration right there, sir. <laughs> Perspiration. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Bryant and Me. This is a little different introduction than you're probably used to because we've got a lot for you tonight. It's going to be a great podcast listen for you and it might not be listened to it at night so uh, this uh, we have a lot for you in the day in midday at work when you're driving home whenever you listen to this there's a good amount of stuff today all crew related with a very awesome special guest so welcome to our show where we do talk about soccer and other things other podcasty things tonight is a special crew season preview episode we're not going to talk about the pl at all but just FYI, LFC and Tottenham both won their last match. Hooray. You. Hooray, yeah. That's the extent of our Premier League discussion. No Chelsea VAR, no Man City stuff. We've got all that building up. We're going to talk about it, just not tonight. Because we have a very special guest. You've read him. You've seen his photos. He's with Massive Report. You've seen him on ISN or the International Soccer Network. You've seen him on Columbus Wired. He covers... I think it's probably safer for us to list the teams he does not cover in the Columbus area because the guy, the guy's doing it all. We're going to learn more about him. The man is Ralph Schudel. We're going to learn about not just himself, but also his predictions on the upcoming season. You might also hear us reference. Um, we, we appreciate mental health. You're going to hear a lot about pod couch tonight. I think that's going to be a new segment, Brian. Um, it was, I like it. It was good. And then, we're not going to share our thoughts on the season. We're going to save that to next week in our special live edition. So we're just going to get right into the good stuff tonight. We had the pleasure of speaking with Ralph. And again, not just about the crew. There is a lot of crew talk, but also his background, all the things that he's covered in the world of sports, and really just the kind of guy that Ralph is. He's an entertaining guy. He's an interesting guy. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of this. There's a lot of breaking news that he shares within this. That's not a joke. Although one could argue most everything we do say is a joke. We're serious about it. It's, <laughs> it was a great interview and we're excited for you to listen to it. So open up those ear holes and enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast, and are active on Twitter and call yourself a crew supporter, you probably know the guy we're about to talk to. Uh, Ralph Schudel, he covers the crew, Ohio Dominican Athletics. We've seen you cover the Blue Jackets. You've covered just about everything. I think I've seen your photography for almost every sporting event <laughs> in the city of Columbus, yeah. whether it's collegiate, professional, everywhere. So, Ralph, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks uh, so much for having me. You know, it's uh, I've seen the show... Uh, on Twitter, it's nice to actually kind of sit down and have a nice little chat with you guys. Well, um, everyone can tell that this is your first time then. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, How we, will it we, get ruined? <laughs> no, if anything, um, your reputation will be ruined through this. Um, we won't try to uh, smear you through the mud too much. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, we want to start off the question. Uh, we want to get to know you a little bit more. We want to get to know Ralph a little bit better. So our first question Who's going to be the next shirt sponsor for the crew? Oh, man. That's um, 
I'm just you know, kidding. I'm just no, kidding. We no. want to know about you. <laughs> can, no, can we talk about this for a second? Because we I can. Feel like, I feel like there's an unfair amount of outrage about this amongst crew supporters out there. And the fact of the matter is, I just, I'm telling everybody, keep the faith here for a second. You know, I know the the Business Journal article out there is saying that there's no, uh, no chance about it. You know, it's like the crew are prepared to go into 2020 without a shirt sponsor. It's not the end of the world. You know, there's plenty of uh, clubs out there that don't have sponsors. You know, I think, you know, San Jose didn't have one. They're fine. They're, you know, perfectly viable Colorado didn't have one for a while. They're perfectly viable. You know, um, I actually was uh, in the team shop the other day checking out the Heritage jersey because I wanted to see it for myself. I hadn't seen it in person yet. And there was a sales rep there I overheard having a conversation with somebody who sounded like they worked at the Blue Jackets. Um, And they were saying they were checking and they said, you know, when a shirt sponsor comes out, you can bring your jersey in and we'll put it on there for you. So that's that's breaking no, news here on the Bryant and Me show right now, guys. Uh, if a uh, advertising sponsor comes out, you know, uh, it seems like they're making plans for it. I personally wouldn't be shocked. I've heard rumblings uh, that there are, you know, they're trying to finalize something real quick before the season starts. But, um, you know, it's let's let's all take a breath. Let's take a beat. Everything's going to be fine. And you don't want to. You don't want to rush into a situation either. We've kind of had a, a a kind of big changing of the guard. If people don't know, if they just started following the crew, like two minutes ago, they might not <laughs> know everything that that has gone through in the last few years. So that deal was of the um, of the queso era, is what we call it. Um, so things are a little different now, and is that we what have they're real. It? Uh, I think it's just us. Okay, I'm just, I'm just I don't know what you guys are into nowadays. It's you know it's. Uh, <laughs> Twitter's an interesting, vast, wild universe, especially, you know, coming into that uh, that Phoenix game on Saturday. It was I tweeted, I said, you know, Crew Crew 96 Twitter is uh, in peak form. And it was a Saturday (laughs) in early February. We have to be fair, Ralph, to them. You have to be fair that um, the tweet, the tweeting is also in preseason form. No, no, it's very much in like midseason. We're in like July, June form already. Well, the preseason is too long, especially when you can't watch any of the matches. But I digress. <laughs> Ralph, we really do want to get to know about you. Thank you for the breaking news. I feel like we finally made it, Brian. We have we have I mean, breaking news. Oh my gosh. Uh, we broke <laughs> we didn't break any we didn't break the internet, so that's good. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see what this podcast does. Um so Ralph, seriously though, tell us about yourself. How did you get into the sport of soccer. We like asking people that. And also what made you pursue sports media? How have you gotten started covering the crew, other sports, etc.? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's so to go back to this, it would be probably November of 2016. Uh, I met a woman by the name of Jillian Fisher, which some folks may know her. Some may not. She is of NHL.com fame now, which is, or NHL Network fame now, if that makes sense. Um, she makes a lot of funny sketches with uh, NHL teams where she kind of makes fun of fan bases, pokes fun at everybody. I mean, even her hometown uh, Philly Flyers are not safe from her uh, satire. So I, I met Jillian before she actually got wrapped up in the hockey kind of scope of things. She was what she was kind of at the time 
trying to think, categorizing herself as a sporting anthropologist, which she was very interested in kind of seeing how fans behaved in big atmosphere. So think vis-a-vis the Nordeca, where you would have somebody on Saturday who was just maybe partaking in one too many adult beverages on Saturday night <laughs> and drunkenly slurring you know, words and stuff like that. But if you see them on a Monday through Friday at their nine to five, they're not going to be the same person that they're at in the Nordeca amongst friends. So, you know, she would do stuff like that and see how people would interact with sports games and stuff like that. So we got to talking and I sat back and I said, you know, I had a background. I, so I started at Ohio State and I finished at uh, Franklin University with a, communi- or a um, degree in communications and mass media studies. So I had a writing background. I always kind of wanted to expound on it. So it was or expand on it. I had a academic writing background. So I saw I made a website. I started writing about random things. I think like if you guys go back and dig into my website, I think one of my first articles was something about Houston Texans wide receiver Andre Johnson, like basically took a bunch of kids in Houston Christmas shopping and spent like a bunch of money. I think it was like his jersey number was 83 and I think he got to like $83,000 at like a Toys R Us before they went out of uh, out of business or something. So this tells it this tells you how long ago it is. But I got into that, and then um, February, I think it was January or February of 2017, I saw an ad much like the one that's running on Massive Report right now. So if you guys want to go right, go click on it. Uh, Shameless plug. But anyway, um, I saw an advertisement, and I said, you know, I just heard something today, actually, probably a few moments ago before we hit the air is if you don't ask somebody, the answer is always no. Mm. You know, so I said, you know, I'm going to email them. What's the worst they're going to tell me? No. So I go for a while. I actually went to the crew season ticket party at the Bluestone that was uh, in 2017. And I said, you know, I'm just going to cover it myself as like a fan perspective you know, write it, kind of say, hey, you know, here's what's going on. And I was taking videos, and I'm sure everybody thought I was a creep. Like, they're like, who's this guy running around the Bluestone <laughs> with a camera? But that doesn't you know, slow kinda... us down. Right. You know, but I was up on, like, the top level, like, with the families who, like, don't know who anybody is. So I'm sure they're like, why is this man, like, next to my child with a camera or something like that? So I was running around up there, took videos. I was like, I'll write about it, whatever. So I get an email from Patrick Goldan, who uh, is the managing editor, one of the managing editors of Mass Report, at 10.45 at night. And I go to bed at 11 o'clock. I've got a day job in retail. I've got to be up at like 6 a.m. to be at my job at 7. Mm-hmm. I go to bed at 10.45. I'm not sleeping the rest of the evening. He's like, congratulations, you got in the Mass Report. I'm like, oh, this is great. And like, I'm like, I've always wanted to cover the crew. This is awesome. At the time, I was a season ticket holder. So it was like I was still kind of taking the games in. But I stood in the Nordeca, but I was still like kind of analyzing it. I've always been a very tactician, you know, kind of a tactician when it comes to soccer. I always was I was one of the weird people in Nordeca that would watch the game as opposed to yelling and singing, you know, wise men <laughs> say and all that stuff. And I'm the one that people would probably yell at and they'd be like, sure. And I'm like, no, dude, I want to watch the game. Like, I will, I'll <laughs> yell when I want to yell, but I want to watch the game. So basically... I got into soccer. I guess I'm jumping around a bunch of places. I'm sorry about that. I'm just, you know, so excited. No, it's uh, fine. Anyway. So I guess my love for soccer started back. Uh, I'm from Gahanna originally. I lived in Youngstown, Ohio beforehand. 
moved to Gahanna, eighth grade, graduated high school. I went to school with the Traps. I was actually um, kind of fam, not family friends. We were friends. I would say acquaintances with the Traps. So um, obviously, Will, his brother uh, Christian, and sister Julia, who sings the uh, anthem sometimes at crew games. Um, and Gahanna was a pretty decent soccer school, as you know, evidenced by making the Cornellies. I think there was a state championship in like 2012 at some point um, and the traps and stuff like that. So soccer was a big part of my life growing up. Uh, not to mention we played FIFA on the weekends with my group of friends because they were all soccer players. Uh, I actually dated a soccer player. Uh, she went to New Albany and uh, I, I was like, yeah, uh, you know, I was convinced like her and I were going to get married. It was, you know, going to be awesome but uh, it just unfortunately didn't work out which if she happens to be listening to this hit me up she she knows who she is anyway uh, how you feel this is <laughs> let's get let's get on the couch, Take, Where's the couch yeah sit on the pod couch let's talk it out oh my goodness um but anyway so getting back into the 2017 season went through the 2017 season had a couple opportunities come up that um i joined master report and then sam fami as everybody knows who's the uh lovable photographer of master report runs another uh website called columbus wired and sam asked me one day he said do you want to cover the ohio state spring football game for 2017 and i'm sitting there i'm thinking i'm thinking oh my god i made it i've been on the Mm -hmm. i've been on the beat for two months and i'm having this like astronomical rise to to greatness i'm gonna be at the ohio state spring game like jt barrett's (laughs) there urban meyer's there uh you know oh my god this is it this is what i need this is my big break so I go do the spring game. I meet a bunch of people. I meet your Dom Tiberi's of the world. Uh, <laughs> you know, we love Dom Tiberi. Um, Tim Mays of the world, who are uh, now retired Columbus Dispatch uh, columnist. But I met a lot, of the, a lot of the people that if you want to be in Columbus media, you need to meet. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a who's who at Ohio State events when you're there. Because they, they send their best people. It makes sense. It's the number one brand in arguably all of college athletics and you know you're going to send your best people you don't want to put joe schmo there you don't want to put anybody uh that's going to drag your publication through uh the the meat grinder so to speak so mm-hmm. sam said go you know i wasn't the guy i wasn't the guy for the beat i was just kind of subbing for the guy who i think had a wedding or something like that so i go there and that's where you know i get to know patrick murphy a little bit better i get to know a lot of these other folks you know, and I go through the whole season and more of these opportunities come up with the crew that, you know, do you want to get in the press box? Do you want to write? You know, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, we'll put the training wheels on you. We'll see how you do. And, you know, eventually I earned enough trust that it was like, yeah, you you can do this. You know, it. Uh, I don't think I don't think during the 2017 season I was left in the press box completely unsupervised. I think it mm-hmm. was. Uh, you know, I always had somebody writing with me or riding with me there. Um, I then picked up working with the Columbus Eagles. I was, um, you know, I was kind of jonesing for more responsibility and something to do to kind of call my own. Cause Pat Murphy has the, uh, dispatch beat still pretty much on lock. I think if you look at even today's standards, it's pretty much him and Jacob Myers who are pretty much one and two when it comes to, or they're constantly trying to out scoop each other. Those two are just constantly <laughs> just, you know, trying to beat oh, yeah. each other up and get headlines, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's great for everybody. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so I went to the Eagles. I worked with the Eagles for a little bit. Um, 2018 rolled around. Um, 
you know, and kind of got more responsibility kind of given to me where it was actually, let me rewind because 2017, we made the playoffs, right? Yeah, we did. I think, right. right? That was 2017 yeah. made the playoffs. I asked for, I started getting back into photography, which was something I did in college for a little bit. And Sam said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Come on. Let's, let's go. So I had this little dinky Nikon D3000, which any if anybody out there knows, maybe even if you guys know, is basically a glorified point-and-shoot camera. It's, um, you know, it's got a you know 18 to 55 millimeter lens on it, which does not get you anything on a soccer field. It's just you know you're basically mm-hmm. shooting emotional reactions after you know David Villa misses a goal or Bradley does something silly or something like that. You know, so. The fact that Sam said, yeah, come on down, take pictures is just like I'm still to this day just absolutely baffled that he wanted to do that. But 2018 comes around. My equipment starts getting better. I think I uh, invested in my first professional body, my first professional lens. Uh, I get credential to do the 2018 season, go through the whole 2018 season uh, pretty much with all soccer. I mean, it is like you're doing – uh, crew, you're doing Columbus Eagles. I dabbled in NWSL action with the Chicago Red Stars for a little bit. Um, 2018 happens. Then we get into uh, August of 2018, where I actually, because of my Master Report work, and for those of you that don't know, Master Report's a labor of love. There is no compensation that is involved with it at all or anything like that. I know some people out there, there's the common meme or you know kind of the poking fun of is that you guys are all front office shills they've got you on the payroll trust me guys if i was on the payroll i would be in a considerably more comfortable position than i am now (laughs) that you know it's uh you know i and you know it it just you know i would have the team gear i would be looking you know straight up homer at every game you know that that would be you would have been able to answer a sponsor question yeah i would have been able to tell you guys on the sales staff to even tell you guys it's going to be roosters you know because roosters is great <laughs> if it's roosters i'm going to feel really really weird if that's the case but oh ralph stradamus right here everybody roosters <laughs> is the sponsor Ooh. well you gotta have like somebody was telling me if you get you know we're gonna go off on a sidebar here for a sec they were telling me that to invest in a roosters or open a franchise they want to see that you have five million dollars in working capital to get started five million dollars five million dollars yeah, this was like because I had a buddy of mine who actually looked into um, purchasing a stake in Roosters and getting a franchise, and they want to make sure you have five million in assets that you can like tap into if need be if stuff starts going, you know, awry. So maybe it could be Roosters. I imagine you know that uh, accurate deal. I think was like three million or something like that. So could be Roosters. Ooh. But um, anyway, back to it. You know, so I start getting into. Um, you know, we said crew, NWL action. And then because of Master Report, I actually started getting clout and even work with the Eagles. Actually got a meeting at Ohio Dominican, which uh, was very interesting. I met with the head coach, Amy Haywood, who, you know, I would come to later on in this story. owe a lot to, but um, actually got meeting with Amy and she said, I need to kind of boost a recruiting presence you know, what can you do for me? And she saw some of the work that I did with the Eagles with photography. And I kind of served in like a consultant role. It was like, I was unofficially 
kind of off the books. We kind of wanted to do it. That's where it was kind of like I was a, I, if anybody, I was a front office show for the Eagles because I was working at Master Eagles. Not yeah. nece- no, not necessarily. Unofficially, oh. I was put. The title was I was on like the advisory board, so I was a consultant for them on how they should do things. Gotcha. Um, and I even called a game for them too in the start of the 2018 season, which was very interesting. That was my first time. They said, "You've never called a game? That's fine. We're gonna put you up in the top of the uh, you know press <laughs> box. No calling." <laughs> I like to think I did pretty decently. You know, I had a um. A young lady that was doing color commentary with me who just seemed kind of nervous so i kind of brought her along and was trying to trying to bring her with me but um you know she did really well but it was fun it was fun but um so needless to say long story short i ended up at ohio dominican august of 2018 hired as the brand manager which uh was a title basically it kind of turned out to be you know what do you want to be called and i said brand manager sounds cool so it, it was a title that was there and it just stuck so I would handle all communications for the team, for the head coach, um, you know, social media stuff, try to get, you know, basically try to figure out what an 18 to 22 year old, or even if you want to go back further, what a 16 to 17 year old who is thinking about trying to go into college would like to see from a collegiate program. Right. Makes sense. Right. So, you know, you got to try to think, you know, I'm thir- 28 at this point or 29 at this point, trying to think what somebody 10 years younger than me would want to be into so you know you got to think about you know all these like tiktok things and these these memes kids yeah hey hey hey, hey, fellow kids um i'm hip like you um i played game boy color what's game boy color um oh i had i had the old black and white one or the green and black one the big did you have the big chunky one too that i did i had the first edition zelda or i put yeah i would play uh tetris on that bad boy um i even held that up to probably when pokemon came out I was using the same old gray Game Boy because I'm just an OG. Anyway, continue. So you're you're trying to gra- grab the the essence of a um, 16 to 17 year old girl. Continue. Yeah, yeah, and you know, not and I'm not trying to sound creepy at all or anything like but that. But it's I'm just, just like, kidding. Yeah, it's what, because you're what trying could to help recruit. Yeah, what could you do to make this program, you know, more palatable and appetizing? Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact of the matter is, when I first got there, is and I told this to the head coaches. I've seen I've seen ODU driving by on 670. Couldn't tell you what the campus looked like. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you. I didn't know that they were D2. You know, I know Thomas can attest to this, but it's like I didn't know they were D2. I didn't know what they were doing over there. It was like the best kept secret in Central Ohio. Of course, you know what Ohio State's doing. You know what Capitol's doing. You know what Otterbein's doing. But you don't know what Ohio Dominican's doing. Mm-hmm. So I got there, and it was basically, you know, it, it's funny because now I sit in this place, you know, on February 17th, 2020, looking at it and go, God, I didn't know what I was doing when I first got in there. Like, you know, <laughs> and I look back and I go, you know, I'm like, wow. And, and I'm so thankful to look back and go, wow, I've grown. I've done a lot of stuff better. We're getting, you know, better. We're getting more traction. We're getting more people that are looking in, at our stuff. Um, you know, so I get this and then October 16th, 2017 happens. We all know that day that, mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact was my 28th to 29th birthday. So thank you, Anthony Precourt. You ruined hey. my 29th birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, you get to that. I'm sorry, quenching the palate. You know, it's it's live radio. Everybody, uh, everybody does it. <laughs> but um, I'm getting ready to go to bed. I think I'm playing like Madden with my buddy. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, today's been a great day. Like I'm sitting there and it's like. 
you know, and I see the Grant Wall tweet at 1116 at night and I'm like, today's not a good day, you know, and we jump into like we have this like bat meeting at like 1130 at night on October 16th. Hey, this is going down. We can confirm this. This is going to happen. We're going to run the article here in like three minutes. Expect all hell to break loose. And as we all know, all hell broke loose, you know, and I think I was up till. 245 in the morning because I remember getting commissioned to kind of do like a social media reaction and kind of gauge how everybody was feeling and understandably on that night I mean that's kind of one of those things like not to sound dramatic but that's kind of like the September 11th moment you know everybody if you mention September 11th you can sit back and go yeah I remember I was in my sixth grade class in Youngstown Ohio Miss mm-hmm. Feudy's class sitting across from my best friend remember that clear as day Right. October 16th, 2017, I can remember I was sitting in my home office getting ready to play, you know, playing video games, getting ready for bed. And then remember Patrick Goldan and everybody in our Slack channel saying, get on, we got to talk. And I remember it clear as day and being up till 2.45 in the morning, just finding everybody's thoughts and feelings. And oh I was gosh. talking to fans, people I've never spoken to. Um, hmm. I was talking to and, you know, people are telling me I'm, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm pissed off. I don't know what to get into, you know, what to do. And it's like, yeah, guys, I mean, this is like, you know, (laughs) it's uncharted territory for me, too. Like I, you know, up until, you know, I was used to I grew up. My dad's from Cleveland. He saw the Browns relocate. And this is where it gets kind of weird in my situation. He saw the Browns relocate. And I've never really lost the team to relocation. Like, I I didn't know what that was. Like, Ohio State's not going to move. You know, or uh, the Blue Jackets almost moved, but that's a bad example. But, you know, <laughs> but like, they didn't move. Yeah, but they didn't move. You know, so it's like, how do I handle this? What do we do? You know, and basically we turned into and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, too, is, you know, the Save the Crew movement came around and then it was like massive report turned into. All right. We can tell pre-court's lying. We know some things are going on. We're basically going to debunk everything that he puts out there. Yeah. That's going to be our sole purpose is to we don't, you know, I'm speaking from my perspective, too. I'm not speaking for Vox Media. I'm not speaking for anybody else. It's let me let me get that clear right off the bat, because I feel like we're about to get kind of a little like heavy hitting for a second. <laughs> basically, from my perspective and my own personal belief was I'm going to debunk everything that pre-court's putting out there because everybody can tell that he's lying. We're going to to find the facts. We're going to. Yeah. And that's the thing is somebody when I was in a journalism class one time told me you don't write an opinion piece unless you have all the facts and you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to write something to go after Anthony Precourt and say. I've got this. I've got this. That's all I've got. I'm going to go in and say. He was at a Portland game with Merritt Paulson. He doesn't come to Moffrey Stadium for this. He's doing this. He's claiming that this is happening in Austin. Well, that's funny because we've talked to John O'Grady who says this, you know, and it's mm-hmm. I'm pulling all these articles that like Andrew Erickson's writing and it's like we're working with Andrew Erickson. He's working with us. You know, it's like everybody's and that was the cool thing about the time. You know, it, it, did it suck as a fan? Did it suck to know at the prospect that I might not be doing this this time next year? Yeah, Absolutely. But Mm -hmm. everybody was basically working together to try to, A, give the city a voice, B, give the fans a voice, and then, you know, try to give 
the fans kind of a, you know, a voice to kind of strike back to the guy. You know, obviously Save the Crew did that, but before Save the Crew really got up and running and started kind of controlling the narrative, it was a lot of the media where it was were poking holes. I can remember that I think there was an article actually um, – can't think of who the columnist was but it was last week that they were saying that i'm sure you guys saw this too where austin had the jersey sponsor and it was yeti and the guy basically tweeted something to the effect of you know i think it speaks volumes that crew sc doesn't have a jersey sponsor yet and austin does oh and and yeah there was a question about viability and somebody yeah his response was that pretty much yeah this is why pre-court left or columbus is not a viable market which i felt was pretty ballsy from a journalist who covered yeah. the entire yeah. move on and the entire scenario of what happened and to kind of throw your opinion out there which journalism is not a uh, it's not a black and white thing it's not like okay you have to be very down the middle there is there's bias in it i mean you can look at the narrative of of news in the world like people write from a certain perspective oh, like of course. they have a certain idea behind their writing but to come out and say oh yeah because Austin has a sponsor and Columbus is working on one. Columbus isn't a viable market. It felt like all the work that that person did, at least from a Columbus perspective, which is also a bias in and of itself, was, eh, I don't think you're looking at the facts. I think you're just getting an emotional high. You work in Austin. Your, your readership is going to appreciate this. And that's what it felt like to me. In but fairness, what, I, think what he was think? In New, I think he was in New Jersey, actually. I think, I think, uh, I think he, but he was covering it. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. covering it, but it, it's the same token, too. It just, you know, you guys are right. There's a degree of bias. I mean, somebody like me who is going to write a story about the crew is kind of in the quintessential damned if you do, damned if you don't story. Like, I can remember that one time, uh, it was preseason, I think it was two years ago, at the Charleston Challenge Cup, uh, crew were playing uh, Minnesota. And I think I tweeted something from the Massive Report account that, like, the back line, it was, like, Lawless and I don't know if it was Gaston. I don't know who the other center back was. I think it was Mensa before Mensa got really settled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked kind of shaky. And Frankie Hayduk texts me, shaky? Shaky? What are you talking about? Shaky? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, holy crap, what did I do? And Sean Mitchell, the old beat writer for the dispatch was like, uh, DMing with me on Twitter. He's like, dude, it's cool. Frankie did this to me all the time too. Like it is what it is, you know? And Frankie and I are, Frankie didn't know it was me sitting on that end. Like that's, you know, just how it is. But, um, you know, it was just that, but then it's like, if I come back and I go crew played sunshine and rainbows, it was all great. You know, Nico Ness was awesome, you know, and everything was great. People are like, dude, are we watching the same game? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, you know, so you definitely have to play it a little bit easier. Now, if you have a critique, everybody, and this is the number one thing that we get hit with on social media all the time is, you know, and I can think of a couple fans off the bat, you know, why don't you go tell Porter he sucks? Because I'm going to get thrown out of the training site anytime I say something like that, <laughs> if I say anything. Yeah. I have to work with the guy. I can't go and go, hey, Caleb. Really terrible game yesterday. Why Why did you guys not score any goals? Like, you know, I can't do that. I'll be like, no, you have to, like, phrase it like a human. You have to go, hey, Caleb, you know, you tried running Giassi in a 4-3-3. Just didn't seem mm-hmm. like he was getting on the opposite end of the balls from Pedro. Is there anything that you'd really want to tweak? Like, 
I said the same thing, but I said it a lot nicer, you know, so it's, you right. know, a little more professional. So you've got to be like that. But, you know, so anyway, where'd we go? I got off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was actually pretty perfect. You were telling us about really how you got started, how you've been with the oh, crew yeah. and how really with Massive Report, you've been a part of kind of the regime change, so oh, yeah. to speak, from so, um, the Queso era to to now. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Brian, what was that? Yeah, it's just saying, and kind of along those lines, I know we talked about beforehand a little bit, we talked about this question, how how have things really changed from from the perspective of covering, interacting with the team, interacting with you know leadership, management? How has it really changed through the transition? Oh, boy. I mean, that's a... It's a good question. I can remember kind of with the initial announcement, things were tense. I mean, as I was kind of talking about with kind of the media working together and stuff like that, it was, you could definitely feel like public relations kind of, uh, crew public relations had kind of a very, we get you're pissed off, we're kind of pissed off about it too. I'm sorry, can I swear? Is this a family thing? No, it's it's okay. Our okay, family doesn't even listen to it. I just wanted to make sure, like, <laughs> even though even though it's not even though it's not a even though it's not a terrible terrible thing to say, but it was like, you know, the comms department was very aggravated, and it almost felt like, you know, they were kind of throwing some obstacles up in your way. Like I can remember that, like, I had an issue with the parking pass one time, and it felt like there were a lot of little subtle uh, jabs being thrown your way nothing crazy nothing where you're gonna get you know out of sorts and you know there's gonna be lawsuits thrown around or whatever but subtle jabs to just kind of make things a little harder um you know and but and the same token too if you look back at it i don't know if i could do any better if i was in those people's positions either because at the end of the day you're collecting a paycheck and although your boss might be a giant colossal terrible person um you still have to get your paycheck and you got to look out with for what's in your best interest. And even though, you know, and that's the nature of public relations and that's the nature of communications is that you have to, you know, although you have a terrible message that you have to try to protect, you know, if if you look at a lawyer, it's really no different with a defense lawyer. You think every defense lawyer that takes a case fully believes that their client's guilty or innocent, you know, the chances are no, but they're going to try to, you know, try to sway you into believing that because, you know, they get a paycheck at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. So especially if you have families, you have yeah. people that rely on you. You can't, you can't just as much as even back to your example of tell Porter that he sucks and all this stuff. Like if you did that in your job and if you use the same Twitter vitriol, that kind of anger that boils up in your job, you don't have a job. Oh, yeah, it's that, easy I'd for people outside of the position to tell you that, you should be doing this and you should be angry and you should, you know, rage against the machine and burn the whole place <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole scorched earth thing doesn't necessarily work, but at the same token too, it's, you have a job to do. They have a job to do. And you understand that the player reporter or coach reporter relationship is very symbiotic because mm-hmm. if you don't have a good rapport with the person that you're trying to talk to, they're not really going to give you really anything that you want. It's going to be, they're going to be closed off. They're going to be mm-hmm. very, um, you know, not apt to want to answer your questions. And that's, 
you know, and, and it's funny because I guess if we could talk about it in this aspect too is, you know, the second we had a changing of the guard, I'll never forget it. The first home opener last season with uh, the Haslam and Edwards families was a night and day difference. I mean, if you go into Moffrey Stadium, and I'm sure that it's similar from the fan perspective, is you had metal detectors prior to the Haslam and Edwards families. We didn't know what metal detectors were. It was some some dude in the front of the gate just, you know, pretending like he's wanting you and just going, yeah, sure, here you go, go into the stadium, go do your thing, yeah, you know. <clears throat> and then it was, I think the thing from a media perspective, and this is, this is just to tell you, even like, just please just show a slight sign that you care, is mm-hmm. they updated all of the Wi-Fi connections in the media work areas and they were lightning quick. Under pre-court, it wasn't lightning quick. It was taking forever to get, you know. And the files that we send out as photos are very mm-hmm. large files because they have to right. be detailed. They have to be, you know, they have to be, you know, when you zoom in, not pixelated or anything like that. You know, the fact that they had Brown's IT people there the day of the game to check the connection to where we were working. Wow. Like, it's just like, please show me that you care. And they were showing that you cared, you know, and it was... Yeah. And even cosmetic things, I, I'm sure you guys have seen it on social media. The, um, I, I don't know what to call them, like the little apron things on the side of the tunnel that, you know, basically prohibit you from seeing underneath the erector set. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, that was a nice touch, too. Yeah. You know, and even, you know, I, I can remember because I was in Obets the last couple of weeks of Greg's regime with the crew. And kind of, I was there the first day after the announcement of the Haslam family stepping in was, you know, even the day of, I was out there with Andrew Erickson and a 10 TV cameraman. And, you know, a lot of people were telling us, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. This is really great. It's awesome. Uh, you know, Greg even so much has had kind of a, uh, a big smile on his face and said, you know, it's a, it's a great moment for the city, the fans, especially for how they fought. Um, you know, I, I think I have the transcription somewhere sometime. If somebody wants to get with me and, you know, have a beer, I can tell you, you know, exactly what was said, but you know, it, um, you know, Greg was relieved. The players were relieved. And I know, you know, the Josh Williams love fest that exists among screw fans, Josh, Josh Williams was elated, you know, because I think he was, uh, the story he was talking about was he was dating this girl at the time. And I think they might've gotten engaged prior to the event, but, he was basically like, yeah, I'm I'm dating this girl and I might have to move like I might have right. to move to Austin, Texas. And uh, I think they've since got engaged. But, you know, it was just kind of a very interesting situation. You're sitting there and you're kind of taking a step back from it. And it's like, yeah, we see these players play on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, and they've got a jersey. But it's like, whoa, they're they're human. You know, they've yeah. got this stuff they have to sit back and they have to think about and. You know, to see that kind of sense of relief was huge. And then even Trap, when he came out, was very excited because you could tell it like Trap didn't want to leave. You know, I'm sure, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to Alex Cronali, but, you know, I'm sure Cronali didn't want to leave either. You know, I talked to his mother, Karen, a lot throughout the process. Um, and she was kind of a rock, as anybody in the Save the Crew movement would tell you. She was a pretty big influence, uh, you know, and it just, it, it was a very, that's going to be an experience I'm not going to forget anytime soon. I would imagine. 
Yeah. And, and even has Steve reached out to you yet? Steve Sirk, has he reached out to you to pick your brain? I'm sure there are <laughs> transcripts and books being put together for that. You know, there's, uh, I, I was offered a chance to read Steve's book before it came out, like an advanced copy. And I just, I, I don't know. I think it, there was still at the time when I was offered a chance to do that. I think there was some degree of mental exhaustion that still existed from the whole save the crew thing. And I was just like sitting there yeah. thinking, man, I'm not ready to read this. <laughs> I know that I know there are projects in motion. I've actually talked to a few people um, and I, I don't know anything really extravagant. So I'm not really going to be giving anything away, but mm-hmm. I know there are, I, I've people have reached out to me about acquiring photos from, you know, situations and, uh, stories like accounts of what I saw and stuff like that. And I, you know, it's just, I haven't really sat down to talk to anybody cause I really haven't had the time to, but mm-hmm. you know, it's people are out there writing the story and it's like, you know, sitting back as somebody who covered it, it's like, I, I can't rehash it, but good for these people that are going out and doing it. But yeah. you know, another thing I want to circle back to real quick is, you know, you guys were asking the difference between, what it was like under the old regime and the new regime and the new regime is awesome. I mean, it's those same people kind of cycling back to, um, where we were is, you know, those same people now are very easy. You could see there was like a load off of their shoulders because they didn't have to be perceived as the bad guy. You know, these same people mm-hmm. I was telling you that were like, you know, kind of carrying the flag for pre-court, you know, they're not perceived as the bad guy anymore because they're out there, you know, kind of they're working for the good guy, you know, and they've got Caleb and they've got Bez and they've got all these new people that they're dealing with. And it, they just were very nice and, you know, approachable too. you know, they weren't really feeling, um, I guess any pressure that, you know, they're thinking inside in my head professionally. I'm like, man, this is, you know, I got to work with so-and-so. So-and-so is not going to be, you know, real pleasant to approach today or, you know, something like that. And then the other thing too is, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I kind of want to sprinkle this one in. Like, Greg was for anybody who knows Greg Berhalter or had a chance to talk to Greg Berhalter. Greg was very approachable. Um, he was kind of a you know if he knew you, he was a very good guy, very calm. Caleb is Caleb Porter is approachable, but he's like got it. You got to break him down a little bit. You got to kind of yeah. you got to put the effort in to know him. And uh, really nice guy, really awesome, awesome guy. Uh, brilliant mind for the game. It's it's funny because I was talking to somebody uh, this past weekend. He actually lives out in Phoenix. He's a Phoenix Rising supporter. Um, he was like showing me tweets about people that were saying Caleb was like super intense on the touchline and yelling at supporters to watch the game instead of like hooting and hollering at him and stuff. I said, yeah, that's that's par for the course. I can see that. You know, Caleb's right. not going to baby. Caleb's not going to baby anything. He's just going to really. Uh, kind of dive in and get right there but you know it's kind of that's another thing too another wrinkle is you know you've got to navigate a whole new coach too it's a it's a new era but you got to navigate a new coach and caleb's a good guy to talk to and definitely uh i think is in the right place to lead this team going forward yeah the comparing porter to to 3g uh 3g was to say a man of the people he could he could talk to a room he could talk to a group of folks and seeing porter kind of 
awkwardly go through his speaking engagements. I remember when they introduced the Haslam's, they introduced Dr. Pete and he was there and Bez was there when they had that kind of closed door media only event where they held up the jerseys and Taylor Twelman was there to moderate the whole thing. I remember his ums and his you knows were just, <laughs> he's not like Greg was just up there and he would eloquently row a quick story. Then we can actually talk about this season. Cause I want to get your thoughts about where the team's going, what you think is going to happen. Um, I went. I took my nephew to an Ohio State men's soccer game because they're free. Tickets are free. Parking's free. We went to a game, and Greg Berhalter was there because he was doing like a halftime speech uh, to commemorate something with the team. And he's up there, and you know him. Give him a microphone, and he talks <laughs> to the whole crowd of people at the soccer game. Well, the crew were there. They had the um, MLS Cup there. This was back in 2015, so this is before you know anybody hated anthony precord or anything like that and the club still had a really good presence in the community before you kind of you start seeing it trimmed down they brought the mls cup out to the event they had the team posters that you can get signed um just the team picture they give out every year so my nephew he's at that point maybe nine years old and he plays club soccer he played for crew uh crew juniors until they were removed but mm-hmm. we we're waiting for greg to come off the off the field and he comes off the field like, hey, Mr. Berhalter, can you sign this picture for me? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Whenever you're done, go up to the stands, too, because there are players there. They can sign your picture, too. And he was just like, tell him, go up there. Get get everyone's <laughs> autograph. He was he was like, that's the that's kind of awesome. guy that Greg was. And Porter seems more to himself, not in a bad way. Yeah, the, he, guy, he, the guy, is, he's a smart guy, and he shows emotion, emotion in the field. But outside of that, you're not going to get the same – Greg and Caleb are very different people. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Caleb is he's very cerebral. So that's... Right. There's a lot going on in that gray matter of his. And yeah. I, I've I've heard him be personable, and it's it's funny when it happens because it's it's not expected when he is right. very kind of personable. But um, yeah, that and the one thing too, the little niche I liked about Greg all the time was the weird Jersey accent that would appear out of nowhere sometimes because you would hear, <laughs> you would hear Greg talk and then suddenly he'd go like, uh, you know, he's suddenly going like, yeah, New York or something like that or some, I don't know. He'd get into like some weird Jersey accent. I'm like, where did this come from? You know, Who are you? Yeah. Oh, and it, that's you would funny. hear it at the weirdest times. And I can still hear it sometimes when he's doing uh, USA interviews too. It's pretty funny. Yeah, well, he has to represent the entire USA, right? Um, so well, let's talk about this offseason. Kind of what um, what stood out the most for you this offseason when it comes to personnel, how the team has kind of changed. One area that I think is kind of like a new signing is having Valenzuela back. Porter's going to be able to use him for really the first time since he was injured so early last year. What, what did you make of everything that uh, kind of came in, the new signings that are in here, how the makeup of the team is going to look? You know, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's, I think everybody's expecting me to say, you know, Lucas Zellerayan is going to be the world beater that, you know, he is. And I, I think that's true. I think we saw a bit of a preview of that on Saturday against Phoenix. Yeah. I think he's, he's very good for this team. I think him and uh, Pedro and maybe even Eunice, I'm still feel weird to say this, but I, I think the jury's still out for me personally on Eunice Mokhtar. I think he's mm-hmm. uh I think he's a good player. I don't know I, I think his his twenty nineteen season ended too soon for me. I think if we could have extended the season about two or three more weeks, I think we really could have seen what he was made of. But um kind of like Pedro's first year. I think there's a there's an adjustment that he has to make to the MLS. 
Yeah, and I, and I think he was just I think he was starting to crack right at the right time. I think he was starting to break through and starting to come through at the right time. So it'll be interesting to see if he could carry it through uh, into this season. But the other thing too is very interesting is what do you do with Luis Diaz because you have these four talented wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could basically you could put Celery on on the left side if you wanted to too, assuming that they go through there with this four two three one. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you've got a very talented winger setup. Honestly, I think the one that everybody, I think the signing that everybody's sleeping on is on Vito Warmhore. I think yeah. he's. I think that's the one everybody's sleeping on, because there were a couple of things I saw on Saturday that I was very kind of excited about as somebody who's in the collegiate level and kind of looks at you know team building and stuff like that. And there was a incident. I think it was actually either with Pedro or Lucas where they were getting kind of heated towards the referee and mm-hmm. Vito came up literally and just like picked him up, basically him picked him up and was like, Nope, we're going over here, man. Like, you know, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to go over here and yep. this big burly dudes coming up and just like, can you imagine? It's like crew haven't really had kind of a, a bruiser like that. And I don't even want to say Giancarlo Gonzalez was a bruiser cause he was no. kind of gifted in the air and very good with his feet. I mean, Finesse, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, I think the thought was Pogatetz was going to be it, but somehow he just, you know, as we know, didn't really kind of pan out under Greg's system. But I think the one that everybody's going to really be sleeping on is Vito. And I think Vito with Mensa back there is a great, uh, great signing. And even that, too, and, and I know this might draw me some heat from crew fans, too. I think Axel Schoenberg is actually going to be a pretty decent back off, off the bench. I think he's going to be, provided he stays healthy, is going to be a really great value signing for the crew because I mm-hmm. think he's going to be able just because he's so darn tall. And if right. you get a if you get a yeah. ball anywhere within his area of code, you know, hopefully he's getting ahead on it and putting it past the um, opposition goalkeeper. But I, I think Vito is going to be the guy that's going to surprise a lot of people this year, as well as myself. I'm hoping that's the case mm-hmm. uh, because you know. But I also too, I, I also think he's probably going to potentially lead the crew in red cards this year <laughs> you kind of need well, that you, know, you kind of want that guy though right you gotta want that guy that's on the edge that can intimidate can intimidate a little bit like yeah, not a lot it, of red cards but you know yeah and I, mean, I say red cards but i you know maybe it's two you know sure. but i i could see i could see him being disciplined and kind of smart about it i think he probably will lead the team in yellow cards you know throughout the year yeah but uh, I saw a lot of stuff on Saturday, and granted, you know, this is the first open scrimmage. I haven't been to any scrimmages. You know, I don't know anything more than most of uh, anybody else out there. But I saw a lot of little things, and like I said, maybe it's my collegiate background that I look at how people behave on the field and how they uh, act when they're around their teammates. And I think Vito had a lot of really good things. And I think, you know, and, and I'm also big on, you know, kind of perusing the uh, social media landscape with these guys, too. And it looks like he's already settling in. I think he's, you know, him and Mokhtar are good buds. It looks like him and Matt Lampson are buddies too, which nice. I don't think anybody, you know, Matt Lampson could be friends with a tree if a tree would answer back to you. Yeah, um, that's, like, that's you not know, an accomplishment. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, you know, so I think he seems to be settling in really well with these guys. And uh, yeah, it should be a good year. But I think I think Vito, you know, obviously Zellerion is going to steal the headlines. But I think, I think Warmgore is going to be the... Uh, you know, defense wins championships, not to be the cliche there, but I think he's going to be the uh, guy keeping room pretty, uh, pretty safe. 
Oh no, that's fine. He's from the land of Virgil Van Dyke. I mean, they're they're just towers out there, coming oh over God. from the Netherlands. Just towers. Can you, ima- really. can you imagine if they get even the MLS performance of Virgil Van Dyke out of War More? Oh. That would be, that would be that sweet. would be something else. I'm sorry, Brian's probably getting sick right now. Brian, you need to talk so you don't throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you mean all this Virgil Van Dyke love is uh, is not supposed to make me happy? Come on. Uh, I, I know you love him. I mean, he's he's hard to dislike. Brian, uh, Brian who do you I mean, who even do you support? I'm just uh, Tot- Tottenham. Because I'm a oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a glutton for punishment. Oh, I'm so sorry. <sighs> we need to so, move on because he's so, going to get upset. Yeah, I'm going to start crying again. Um, so along the lines of kind of the season, the upcoming season, talked about some of the moves we've made, and you talked about you think. Uh, Wormgore is going to be one of the big, uh, big kind of breakout players. Just in general, what are, what are your predictions for the season? Who do you think is going to be kind of a breakout MVP? Kind of where do you think we end up at the season? What are your thoughts? So I've been thinking about this because you guys, you know, it, it, there's a really good article out there on MLSsoccer.com today. I don't know if anybody got a chance to look at it, but it basically was kind of trying to pick what the positions for the career is going to be. Uh, ironically the Univision columnist picked the crew to finish first in the East, which Ooh. I think he's got some Mad on love on there going on there. I was kind of <laughs> wondering how much that is. Um, but I, I think or, realistic- or probably the most experienced seeing Zellerayon play. Uh, so maybe, luck, luck, maybe he has more experience than Charlie Davies, who gave us a less than stellar ranking. Was he the guy <laughs> that said 12th or something? I can't remember. He said the, like ninth or something like that. That was, was the lowest one that I that. saw. Uh, like no, Kalen Carr. I don't it was know. Carr, I think, was the uh, lowest. Kalen uh, Carr said something silly like that. Maybe it was, maybe it was Davies. I don't know. But go read the article for yourself. Tell us that we're wrong. Everybody tells me I'm wrong every day, anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, we're both married, Ralph. You don't have to tell us, man. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, not there yet. So um, anyway, um, so I, I think realistically, you know, let's. Let's look in today's MLS. I mean, we're all about rule changes with like the NHL All-Star game. Heck, the NASCAR, the Daytona 500 that I just watched had a rule change with, you know, uh, their overtime rule, which I think is crazy because they could basically they're probably still racing. I know they're not. I know Denny Hamlin won. Spoiler alert for person listening to this on their way to their uh, to work tomorrow. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, I think a third place finish is probably realistic. Third to fourth. Um, Okay. You know, you've got the Atlanta Uniteds of the world. You've got the New Yorks. You never know what you're going to get out of the Red Bulls. You know, it's the Red Bulls start the whole year just hanging out at the bottom of the table. And then suddenly they have this meteoric rise into the top three. And you're like, well, holy crap, where did they come from? Uh, New York City FC, you know, they're good, even though they're going to play their Champions Leagues in Harrison, which I find hilarious. Oh, that's um, so great. You that's know, so great. <laughs> And then I, I think avoiding the two LAs on the schedule this year, I think is huge. I think yeah, right. avoiding LAFC and LA Galaxy, especially with Chicharito, uh, Pavon, or Pavon, I believe, is the other uh, DP that they got in there. Yep. Um, I, I think that's huge. That's not, you know, anything to sleep on. You know, so the fact that you wouldn't run into an LA team until presumably MLS Cup final uh, would be in Moffrey uh, Stadium. In Moffrey Stadium, that would be sweet. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then the other thing, too, which I think is really cool, speaking of MLS.com, Zellerion was placed 
So it was on an advertisement. Carlos Vela was the first one. Joseph Martinez was to his left. And Zella Rayon was to his right. Which the last wow. time, I can't remember seeing a crew player place that high in a league manufactured advertisement in a very right. long time. If ever. I, I can't remember seeing that. Which I think, I think maybe when Kai Kamara was up there for MVP. I think that might have been the last time we had somebody. Since he left and since... The crew kind of like Iguain was the big, was the biggest name that we had. He, he would be thrown into those, you know, um, piecemeal. Okay, everyone get their star to be on it an MLS advertisement. Iguain would kind of be off to the side, or he yeah. would be like the tenth to fifteenth person in the video montage at the stadium about not crossing the line, and he would yeah. just like be a blip, <laughs> and like that Back was it. But no, we haven't had anybody that like forward facing in a while now. Tuck behind like Dylan Powers and Kellen Rowe or somebody like that. <laughs> right. You know? But uh, shout out to anybody who still gets the Dylan Powers reference. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about that. But I think it's, I think this kid coming in, speaking to Zellerayan, I think this kid is going to do some great things. I've got some, you know, I say kid. Wow, that's really weird. I say kid and he's about as old as I am, which is <laughs> hilarious. What am I doing with my life? Uh, that's for a different <laughs> podcast. But yeah. Um. Anyway, we might need to get the pod couch back out again. We got. I think we're on to a new segment, boys. I think that's a uh, that's something new. <laughs> the pod but, couch with uh, well, really Ralph's pod couch. <laughs> um, on the Bryant and Me show every Thursday. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I think this kid gives a level of kind of credibility to the team. Like you said too, I really like that point that you brought up about Valenzuela and playing under Porter. I think that's going to be something to watch for because you know it's clear that Porter's very content with getting his outside backs into the attacking third especially we saw that with awful we saw that with at times Wayland Francis uh Connor Hotfoot Maloney who's having a great start to the preseason down in San Antonio uh um, I thought losing him was I thought we would regret that really but I thought we would regret getting rid of Connor Maloney. Now this might also be very unpopular. I, I love I, Harrison Awful. He's the king. <laughs> king Awful. Okay, don't get me don't get me wrong, but don't age, me. like time is undefeated. Time is undefeated. I think Connor had so much hustle and I I love guys who are out there putting in the sweat equity. And they're just running and they're going at it. That was one of the big things I had. And we could unpack this. I could get on the pod couch bringing up this <laughs> name. But one of the biggest things I saw with Justin Miram was Ooh. losing the ball and then slumping. Oh, bad first touch and then slumping. Going up against four guys, losing the ball and then slumping. That's like, that was we bit, see that, that now. That was one Miram. of the reasons why he was, that's one of the reasons why he's now just recycling mls teams he's just being he's being released and then picked up released and picked up throwing around the mls like Connor maloney seemed like a guy that if you challenged him which whenever he was on the field last year you saw he improved quickly towards the end of the season the one issue was his offense playing he out of position in a position he never played before either right right and he was a standout collegiate athlete uh penn state but he his offense wouldn't need to pick up because he was playing that position that he was not familiar with. But I think that might um, come back to bite us. But at the same time, maybe him leaving the MLS is the motivation that he needs to, you know, click it on. And then he's like, okay, well, 
I'm going to come back even better than before. But I oh, think yeah. that might come back to hurt us. And you saw that too, like not to keep coming back to Phoenix Rising again for some reason, but Adam <laughs> John at Phoenix Rising was a god. I mean, he right. was one of their top scorers, and Atlanta United took notice and they said, we're going to go get Adam John. This is the guy that beat us, and if he, he can't beat us if he's on our squad. You know, so it's... Uh, you see that, but you know Maloney, one of the one of the good guys. I mean, he was uh, a pleasure. I never personally had the chance to talk to him, but anytime that I saw him, uh, I know people that did talk to him and had nothing but great things to say about him. A uh, friend of mine, Julie Jackson, uh, everybody knows her, the purple-haired photographer on the sideline, uh, actually did his engagement pictures with his fiance. So nice. actually had some really nice things to say about Connor and Connor, Connor, even in training too. I mean, Connor was what you guys saw on the field on game day was no different. There was no drop off in training at all either too. I mean, the kid was willing to learn constantly and always trying to improve himself. And, and I think like you guys said, it's just a short amount of time until we see him back up in the, uh, the big leagues before, uh, mm-hmm. before long. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with that, you said uh, you're predicting the crew, third or fourth, you're putting them into a playoff spot. You're putting them into a favorable playoff spot. Um, where do you see things going? Where do you think their ceiling is for um, competition and kind of where they um, can end the year? Do you see them as a contender for MLS Cup? Do you think that's maybe that. just a hope that fans I, have before the games start being played? I could see it. You know, and, and I mean, honestly, going back to it, I mean, we're one week into the preseason of games that we actually can see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so everybody's got a shot, maybe except FC Cincinnati. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's – I had to get that in there. Uh, anyway, though, everybody's got a shot, you know. And I think this team, I'll tell you, a pairing that I'm excited for and a guy I haven't really said anything and I told myself I would say something about on this show is Darlington Nagby. And yes. and Darlington and Artur on Saturday night look like they've been playing together for years. Yep. And that is, I think, more than I could say about, well, Trapp and Artur, because at times Trapp and Artur looked very disjointed at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nagby and Artur look like they've been playing together for eight years, eight, nine years together, somewhere in that ballpark. And I'm very excited to see how that relationship progresses. And I think that the more the holding midfielders gel, I think the better that it's going to let Zellerayon create. I think it's going to mm-hmm. lead to better wing play from Pedro, Diaz, or Mokhtar, whoever you want out there. And I think that's going to free up uh, Jossie or Adi to score. I think Adi actually is probably going to be, you know, I know he's kind of a touchy player to talk about, and a lot of people don't really want to say anything about him, but especially with... Darren Maddox getting pulled over for a DUI in Pennsylvania. Uh, I think that's the old FCC news uh, of the day now with Audi. I think Audi actually probably, I'm weirdly hopeful that he can have not like a world beater season, but I think he's definitely going to do a lot better than he did uh, in Cincinnati. And I think then he's going to do than he did in the last couple of years in Portland because his holdup play on Saturday was fantastic. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought, he did a very nice job of putting his back to goal. He was looking for that late runner to get somebody to cut into the box. He was um, 
you know, I saw a lot of small things, and I think he's got a role under Porter's system. And I think, honestly, going back to talking about how intense Porter is, I think Porter can put the fear of God into him that he's not going to act out or do anything stupid. And if I could, could be, be that completely... Well, no, I mean, you had in Cincinnati, they they had they hired their manager, fired him in his first season. In a league where, you know, promotion relegation is not an issue, you can right. suck and you can just be fine. I think that is more telling to maybe system issues, not system issues as in the system on the field, but maybe there's not a lot of discipline. There's not a disciplined system. Organizational issues, I think. Yeah. yeah. And you I, could see Adi as a part of that, and maybe that could be part of it. And then we're seeing, it seems like every couple of days now, something else is happening. And it's, it's, a dumpster, it's a dumpster fire down in 71 right now. I mean, Not to mention those horrible kits that they just put out. Those things are atrocious. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I was messing around. I don't know if you guys caught my thread on Twitter about the uh, FIFA 20 updated kits. It actually doesn't look terrible on FIFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see because I, I can remember having that thought with the Fort Columbus kit, and now even though it's four or five years down the road now, I could think of when I first saw those, I'm like, oh my god, what are we doing? And then as the season continued, I just, you know, it kind of grew on me, especially with the sure. blue shorts. But yeah. uh, the blue shorts, the blue shorts were the were the standout. Um, <laughs> Long no, live the I, blue shorts. I think as time goes on. Um, like many athletes' careers, as time goes on, we elevate it more and more and more. So I think that's how the Fort Columbus kit is even to that point right now. But that's a whole nother um, <laughs> pod couch discussion. God, we're okay, getting so we... many sub- subtitles, subtext I know we are. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of inside jokes. Love to, love to be part of one someday. Um, <laughs> last thing before we, before we call it uh, quits, before we let you go back and uh, finish your race or... Um, just do anything but listen to us ask you all these interrogating questions. That's fine. Kind of ending the things off, I want you to share kind of what you're up to right now. What can we see from Ralph in 2020? Holy mackerel. Um, you know, we <laughs> jo- we joked about it before the show started that, you know, I don't sleep a lot, which is very, very true. Um, I do nap, but then it throws my sleep schedule off as I'm sure several people out there can probably attest to. Mm -hmm. Um, so right now I am working with Ohio Dominican women's soccer. Uh, it is our spring season right now. And I actually do have a little bit of breaking news for you guys (gasps) on this one. This is, this is actually legitimate. I can confirm this and I can report this, uh, is the, uh, Columbus Eagles, the WPSL team. We'll mm-hmm. be playing my Ohio Dominican Panthers on March 28th at 6.30. Now, this has not been reported by the Eagles. Uh, this has been reported by me, and I can confirm this. This is set in stone March 28th at Panther Stadium, 1216 Sunbury Road in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. If you are in the area, come on out, see some great soccer between one of the premier Division II teams uh, and one of the premier WPSL teams. And uh, it's it's a great game. Right in your backyard, all wearing black and yellow. So Uh, both teams wear black and yellow. (laughs) So I mean, even if you got a crew jersey on by accident, you're going to blend with both teams. So So March 28th at 6:30. That's awesome at Ohio Dominican. You can switch sides depending on who's winning. Yeah, depending on who's winning. (laughs) Depending who's winning, but you know these teams play each other. uh, I think this will be now the third or fourth year, 
and every year it's i mean it is a knockdown drag out fight i mean they are uh i am so insanely proud of these women at this team as anybody who follows me on social media can figure out i'm so insanely proud of them i mean they've got a cumulative team gpa of like 3.7 that's not even exaggeration i think Uh 29 of them had uh above a 3.5 and higher and then four of them had perfect straight A's for like I don't the fall. You want to hear the cumulative GPA of Bryant and me? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's funny. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I, I joke and I, I, you know, I joked with the coaches the other day. I said, man, we can't turn our back on them because, you know, they're going to plot like a, uh, a, a uh, diabolical plan to take over the world, like Pinky and the Brain, basically, or something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're they're so dang brilliant, and not only that, but they're they're so smart. And I, you know, the the thing is, is that you know everybody sits back and you know, uh, you know, Division Two athletics, blah 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 blah. We've got some great players on our team that are just completely awesome. Uh, could probably play at a D one level, to be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but they they prefer to stay home. They prefer to uh, stay close to home to the ones that they love and kind of do their schooling. In Columbus, and Columbus is a great city. I don't have yeah. to tell you that. You know, it's a great city. Um, but anyway, I'm there. Uh, I work in the sports information department too now, which is just totally awesome. crazy. Something I never thought I would ever do in my life. Uh, cover uh, right now with spring too. I'm covering track and field, so I get to write about people running in circles faster than I ever can dream of. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, which is cool. And then we're getting ready to start back uh, baseball and softball season, so I'll be taking some photos for that. So I'm real excited about that. Finishing up the Columbus Blue Jackets season. Uh, hopefully they make a uh, run. playoff run here with mm-hmm. Elvis. By the way, Elvis, Merzlikens, Merzlikens, however you say it. All-name Hall of Fame first ballot right there. I got to tell you that. That's <laughs> oh, yes. All-name Hall of Fame right there. And let's talk about it. As 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 a man, Elvis is a good-looking man. I For a man, oh, a man I got to tell you, like Elvis is a, is a good-looking dude. Like... <laughs> uh, and the fact that I found it hilarious that he said in one interview that uh, people aren't recognizing who he is around town. And I'm like sitting there like BS, dude, like BS, man. You got a great flow and you're like Latvian. So like there's not many Latvian people, I'm sure, running around Columbus, Ohio, man. But, you know, it's a uh, large you know, Croatian population that we've large, out. large Croatian. And surprisingly, I've run into a lot of Armenian people, surprisingly, which is uh which I think they own Buckeye Donuts, if I'm not mistaken. But it's nice. also really fun to say Croatian population. Croatian population. Remember when we remember when we got thrown out of uh, what was it Endeavor, <laughs> the, the World Cup final, because it was full of like we walk it we walk it we're gonna go watch the World Cup final. I know off off topic, but women's or men's? Uh, this was the men's. It was uh, Croatian France in the final. My God. And t- Thomas and I walk into Endeavor. And everybody is in is draped in like Croatian flags. Oh I'm like God. the entire place. I'm like, I did not know there were this many Croatian people in Columbus. It was well, a whole what? bar of day and Leverens. It was it was amazing. Well, the funny part was I went for the Champions League final. What was it last year? And my buddy's a tot. My buddy didn't realize it was a tot in a bar. And he's like. He's like, yeah, wear your jersey out. Da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, I'm not wearing my my Liverpool jersey in Endeavor. I'm gonna get beat up. Oh no! Like, it's the the owner's a the owner's actually a Liverpool supporter. 
But it, so he's got a Tottenham bar as a Liverpool supporter. Well, it well, was, it was, fair, a, he, it was a he it was a Tottenham it. bar before he took over. Yeah, um, he bought it from Zauber Brewing, and Zauber was the home of Tottenham, Tottenham Canadian Bacon. They were the home of it before he purchased um, Endeavor or turned it into Endeavor Brew Stillery. I didn't. So I, that's he inherited it. But there yeah, was a Champions a League nother. final last year. Brian, Brian doesn't like talking about it. What else do you have going on, though, <laughs> Ralph? Oh, my God. Uh, <clears throat> hello? Uh, um, anyway, uh, you guys won't get that joke at all. It's just going to be funny to the three of us. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so running my own website, which is uh, Uh not backslash hot deals or forward slash hot deals, as uh, certain people out in crew fandom would tell you. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so basically that is just my, uh, talkings about places I've traveled. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to write an article about a place called Lou Mitchell's in Chicago, Illinois. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. Shout out if you have, uh, because it is an awesome breakfast place along the start of route 66, uh, apparently has been featured in a couple of Nicolas Cage movies, which I didn't know that, but, uh, read the article, you'll figure it out. Uh, and I'm probably going to be talking at least for about a couple paragraphs of the nice old lady that handed me a donut hole uh, while oh. I was waiting for my table, uh, which was awesome. But uh, so basically I put, you know, kind of my my goings ons. Um, I take a lot of photos in case anybody hasn't figured that out yet. Uh, and I'll put artsy stuff on there. I'll put like game galleries of stuff on there. Uh, mainly I just have that just to kind of build a portfolio, but also too for you know, the kids I work with, their families to kind of go on there and pull the pictures of their loved ones off the site uh, and save them and, you know, do whatever they want. If they want to get a big old print out of it, you know, I had a um, the coolest part I think I could say for me was I had a parent this past season for uh, women's soccer pull picture I took of her daughter and she made like a big giant button and wore it to like all the games to the season. Oh, cool. That's awesome. And I was like, that was pretty cool. Like, you know, it, it's a small thing. You know, you sit back and you think about it, but it's like to me, that was the world to me. Like, I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, she's going out and she's, you know, getting a picture, you know, something like that. And, you know, uh, the university takes care of me, which is great. Um, but, you know, it's not like I, I'm sure you guys can recall, like, you guys remember picture day in grade school and it would be like you go through like Life Touch and you'd have to order like a mm-hmm. lot of like eight by tens and like oh, yeah. those buttons, stuff like that. Like, it's kind of cool to me that people could like just. I throw them up on the website and just go do what you want with them and just like see what people do with them, you know? So that's, that's kind of cool. I don't sell anything. I, you know, I know my crew stuff is like part of our credential. We can't sell anything. My photos are there just for your enjoyment. Do what you want. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I do that. And when I'm not doing anything in sports, I am managing my day job in retail, which is just totally fun. Let me tell you that. That's, uh, that is what pays the bills, unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, as I was telling somebody today uh, who actually just got uh, turned the tender age of 26 and booted from their parents' health insurance, I said, she goes, I don't know what I'm doing at my job. I said, nobody knows what we're doing, but we're really just working for the weekend and to yep. chase what we love. Absolutely. So, right. That's the name of the game, well, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ralph, so much. We appreciate uh, yeah, taking the time out to talk about um, crew, everything going on with that, your experiences with the team, with the regime change, everything that you're going through, um, pod couches, all of that. We appreciate <laughs> uh, the time that you took to talk to us tonight. And 
we're really excited for the season to start and we're excited to add some more memories to to your media and seeing all the stuff that you do you're at roughshudel.com not slash hot deals or anything along those lines um so aces radio folks i'm guessing is the audience that you're talking about um Uh can find it just with rush (laughs) <laughs> Ralph shoot because I've listened to the podcast before. RalphShootout.com. You're writing on the massive report. You've got stuff going up with Columbus Wired. Uh, you, you're everywhere. Follow the Ohio Dominican women's soccer team uh, profile on Twitter. See all the interactions. See the great photos, the great videos, everything on there. And yeah, we're gonna hear a lot more from you as the season progresses. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, Thanks for you guys. On, Appreciate man. it. Always a pleasure. Man, what a fantastic interview that was, man. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. All kind of good information. Way more interesting and entertaining than listening to us talk. I want to run through a brick wall. I can't wait for the season to start. I need to start now. Actually, I feel like kind of a... what I'm the opposite. I feel like kind of a slacker right now. I'm kind of down on myself because <laughs> I'm sitting here watching Jurassic Park. Samuel L. Jackson just said, hold on to your butts. Oh, and, how many? Which the second time or third time? Uh, this is the second time, I do believe. Okay. okay. Um, young Samuel L. Jackson, too. Man, he looks different. Um, anyway, moving on. Thanks again for listening. Hope you guys really enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. Really got a lot from it. Um, we are only a couple weeks out from our live recording at the Cruisman's Tailgate with our good friends at the Queen Anne's Revenge Group. We are going to be giving out some awesome swag. Um, if you've seen on our social media, on Twitter, we've posted some pictures of you know the koozie and the sticker and the pens, all the good stuff that we're going to be giving out. One of you lucky BAM Army members, if you come say hi to us, shake our hand, get some merch, you could be winning something while you're at it. We're going to have a, we're gonna be giving away a nice, really cool prize pack. It's going to have a $20 crew shop gift card. Maybe uh, put it toward the new, uh, the new kit, which breaking news from ralph there it sounds like if they do get a shirt when they do get a shirt sponsor you could potentially take it back and get it put on that sounds nice yeah that can't hurt um you'll get a queen anne's revenge scarf uh which are really sharp i'm gonna have to be purchasing myself one uh at the tailgate you can also include that free bam swag you can be the envy of no one at the (laughs) tailgate with your uh koozie buttons and stickers there um, make sure also, I know we've talked about this a few times, uh, on the pod, make sure you're bringing canned goods to the mega tailgate on Christmas. Uh, they're going to be collecting those to help, uh, local folks in our, in our area that are, you know, they're hungry, that need the food that's going to be through uh, warm. That's the Westerville area resource ministry. Bring that stuff out, do the right thing, have fun with your friends, but Hey, let's help the community while we're at it. Um, Finally, the last crew-related announcement, Nor on Tour is kicking off with Nashville. Already available. Make sure you get it on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We won't be uh, in attendance, but hey, you can go. Maybe make some new friends if you're new. Just make sure you don't number two on the bus. That's, that's really, no, really number important, two guys. On the bus. You know, if you got to pop a couple of modium or something before you go, you do what you got to do. Don't number two on the bus. You can engage with us on Twitter if you want to talk about the conversation we had tonight. If you want to know more about the swag or 
you just want to tell us how dumb we are, um, you can hit us up on at, at Bryant and me on Twitter. Uh, you can talk to me. It's Bryant at Pickle Chips. Replace the uh, eyes with ones. And you can uh, interact with Thomas at one Thomas Costello. As always, please be a friend. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your coworkers, uh, your worst enemies, random people you meet on the street. Shout it at them. Just run just, up and yell at them. Just like like you said last week, like Billy Eichner, right? Billy on the street. Just Billy get on up the and, street. You know, I've I'm walking around. I've got a sticker, one of the stickers on my coffee cup at work. Tell us, you know, tell us if if that's really vain. We posted that question out there. Let us know. Is that really vain to have my face on a coffee cup at work? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Anyways, guys, thanks so much again for listening, for your support. Have a good evening. Have a great week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Andreas, you're not getting any swag. Don't ask me again. (laughs) Adios. Bye.